0: Hi, this is Matt Kempel, co-owner of Milwaukee's premier live comedy spot, The Laughing Tap, and founder of the Milwaukee Comedy Festival. I hope everyone is ready for a great show tonight. Make sure you have turned off your electronic devices and keep talking to others in your group to a minimum. With that, I'd like to bring on tonight's headliners Jim Martin and Chris Beyer! It's season six of the Bait and Switch Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. This is Chris Barrios I was with Jim Martin. Jim Martin looks uh, surprised. Stunned. Stunned. Yeah. <laughs> came in kind of quick, came
2: in kind of yeah, hot. Yeah, you really came in hot there. Yeah, I was fun. like, wow, he's going to, yeah, yeah, right.
1: You flinched. I wasn't ready. Yeah, yeah. You,
2: you said, were you ready? I said, yes, yes, and then I wasn't. I thought I was. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Anyway. Well, this is a regular podcast, not a special podcast. Well, Sometimes they're, they're, special they're, all special. they're all special. Everybody's special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to make our guests feel bad.
2: It's not unusual. It's no. it's it's a, it's a, it's a, an interview. An interview. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm going to tell you the story that I told you how I brought our guest on here. Yeah. Uh, right. I'm on YouTube during the day while I'm doing work, all the time. Right. Just all I'm the time. Work, YouTube, yep. YouTube. Yep. And listening to mm-hmm. stuff, and they recommend you know different pod clips you know to you. YouTube does. Uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. And there was one that showed this guy. Interviewing Steve Palick. is it Palick? <laughs> What's Palak. Palak. Okay, I got it right. right. I got it right. Anyway, and I thought, well, we interviewed him. Yeah, you know, Palak we did. Palak. Couple and times. Yeah, three, a couple, three or three four times, times actually. he has
2: been well, three times, four episodes. But yeah.
1: you know, whatever. Yep. Yeah. And so I thought, well, maybe this guy's local. And his wife. And his wife we interviewed
2: his wife too, Steve Palick. Not, not. Yeah, not. You know, not, not our guest's wife. wife. Yeah, we'll not find yet. out if he's yeah. married. Right. Maybe I have a looked.
1: wife. <laughs> maybe maybe he's Uh-oh. looking. We'll find out. Right, maybe yeah, some man. of our, uh, our female up. listeners might be right. interested Set him up if he's single. But anyway, so I thought maybe uh, we can get this guy in the podcast, get him in the studio, and yep. we did. Got him here in the studio. I contacted here. him uh, through uh, email, and we figured this out. Got him over here. His name is Joe Kay, and Joe Kay runs a podcast called Play That Rock and Roll Podcast, and as I referenced before, uh there's youtube versions of it and then there's mm-hmm. audio versions of it right and so if you're interested in in his podcast after we get li- done listening to ours give him a listen our guest today joe kay welcome joe welcome joe
0: hey thank you thanks for having me on yeah. uh which one of you gentlemen is bait and which is switch
1: you're the second person to ask that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody think, asked that. I think I I'm probably whatever. the switch.
2: Okay. No, I'm probably the bait, actually.
1: Yeah, you're I'm probably the more the straight yep, man. Yep, yeah, I'm yep. more the switch. Yeah. That's, yep, good, yep, that's a
0: that's good deal. True. That's you uh, If you like good uh, original comedy like that, definitely check out my YouTube channel. <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, as I told Jim, what are we going to talk to this guy about? And my yeah. first question I thought is, why are we doing this? Why is he doing this, this right. podcasting? Right. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this, yeah. What's he getting out of this? Joe, how long have you been doing this, the podcasting thing?
0: I started podcasting like i think a lot of people started podcasting my first episode dropped in march of 2020 okay okay. what else happened in march of 2020 right right right. Right. i had been thinking of and sort of planning a podcast for about a full year before i dropped my first episode it just so happened that when i released my first podcast it lined up perfectly with you know the thing that's changed our history forever. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: So what was the what was the the thing that inside you said, I got to do a podcast. What was
0: it? I'm just a, a huge music fan to start, but I had been doing a different YouTube show, a much worse YouTube show on a different channel for a couple of years. And I would put up these video essays about a band or an album or you know or or even a movie and It was kind of fun to do, but it was really hard getting around YouTube's copyright system, and it wasn't getting a lot of traction, and it would be like months of work for a video that would go up and get like, you know, 300 views or something, and it just wasn't worth it. So I I wanted to change my format, and once I just had gotten comfortable with stuff like being on camera and audio editing, I felt like giving it a, the podcast a chance, and I feel much more comfortable doing that now.
2: Nice, nice. So now you're doing the, uh, the video and audio yep. for, your, for your podcast. So now it's no longer just audio editing. It's also video editing. Uh, I'm assuming you don't find that out. I'm assuming you do it yourself. Maybe that's a question, but yeah. So, so now that throws kind of like a second dimension in that because that's one of the reasons, the reason I'm to tell you this, because that's one of the reasons we don't do video. Yeah. Is because there's so many editing, there's so much editing that goes on, uh, that to splice the video and try to make it look halfway decent, and yeah, I mean we we're probably doing our listeners a disservice considering how great we look. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean that's the thing, but uh, but unfortunately for them, we don't want to take the time to do the video yeah. editing. So how much of a hassle is that for you?
0: I have the reverse problem. I subject my viewers to my appearance. <laughs> <laughs> You know they really love it. Though. Yeah, That's yeah. true. Yeah. That that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, it's it is definitely a lot of work. But when I got started again, I like a lot of people had a ton of free time. You know, yeah. you know, right through most of twenty 2020 twenty into twenty twenty one. And as, you know, society is sort of getting back to normal, um, I've just incorporated my podcasting hobby into the free time I have now. Mm-hmm. That's the nice thing about doing a podcast and and making absolutely no money on it. Which that was is, my next question. <laughs> yep.
2: Right. Right. <laughs> is that I'm able
0: to keep it strictly as a hobby and I produce it on my schedule at all times. So, so th- I, this is not about the money. You're not. Oh. I mean, God. you. You obviously
1: you wouldn't mind uh, making some money on it, but it's that's not the objective.
0: No, and and there's part of me that kind of fears it because. If you, if you start off with the hope of making money like from the get-go, it, it becomes like a job. I already have a job. I don't want another job. I want a, a hobby that I can kind of channel my creative impulses through. And I just don't want to be beholden to like another deadline when I've already got that kind of thing with my regular job.
1: Yep. Yeah, right. Jim, Jim and I went to some podcasting festival four yeah. years ago or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I was going to say and that we too. And we went yep. into this one workshop type thing and- Two out of every three questions was how do I make money doing this? Yeah, yeah.
2: There, there were a lot of people in there who, um, who really were actually hoping to make this like a career, which surprised me because, I mean, like like you, we don't make any money on this, you know, um, because Chris won't Chris let us. Yep. It yeah. probably really the reason. Turn it down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. You know, it's, it's surprising to think that somebody thinks that they could actually make a career out of podcasting. I mean, there's there's so many podcasts out there that how could you get, I don't know, how could you get enough of an audience where you're getting paid enough where you could actually make this full-time job? I, I didn't see it, but a lot of these guys, that was, their, that was their goal.
0: Yeah, and I think that to make money off a podcast, if you're not like a Joe Rogan-level type podcaster, right. you have to do some pretty – embarrassing stuff that I'd just rather not do. Like I don't want to do ad reads for AdamandEve.com or mm-hmm. yeah. Me MeUndies.com. You know, these are the ads I remember from other podcasts that I listen to. And I'm not throwing shade, by the way. No, it's those are the, products I use. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I,
2: I'd gladly pitch those if, they uh, would, for if free. Chris would let us. <laughs> for, right. free. Yeah, for free. For <laughs> free. Yeah.
0: So I, I just don't want to do ad reads. And, and also, if I ever got to the point where I was – successful enough that companies wanted me to do um ads i think i actually might be like kind of uncomfortable with that level of i'll say fame like okay. i know i, I want to keep a level of being anonymous, yeah. I think right. you're safe. I think you're <laughs> yeah, really safe. Yeah, that's my safe. hope. <laughs> yeah, You've been able to stay
1: under the radar. Correct. Yeah, you're under sonar. Yeah. You're under all yeah, sorts right. of uh, <laughs> recording devices. Yeah, but um, so you're doing it for the rock and roll. That's why you're doing it. Yes, yes, that's the hope. Were you in bands growing up, or are you just more of an a audiophile?
0: Uh, actually, kind of neither. Like, I have no musical talent of my own. Uh, people in my family uh, have. Um, but, and I'm not even like... A, a crazy audiophile type where I'm, I'm particular about, you know, how good certain things sound. I just like music. I like going to live music. I uh, Concerts are probably my biggest hobby. I love going to see bands perform, uh, and I like all kinds. I like big stadium shows all the way to, like, county fair, cover bands. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a big record collection, and one of the cool things about doing my podcast now is that it lets me use my huge backlog of photos and videos I have of the various concerts I've been to, plus my record collection as, you know, stuff that I can talk about, stuff that I can include in the videos I put together. I just have a lot of material, and that helps channel, you know, what I'm trying to do on my show.
2: Cool. They're called CDs now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah just so you know. <laughs> so how
1: does uh, Joe K. Average, Joe Schmo Average here, you go out and get people to come on your show that have been involved in different uh, aspects of, of Just so you know, when roll. he
2: calls you that, we're in the same group. Yeah. yeah. So just... So yes, you, I know. It's like, hey, it takes
0: fun to know. We're, one. we're kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> you got the name Joe, so I had to yeah. work that right. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: you know, we looked uh, to do a little research about your show, and you're talking to different people that are involved in different aspects of rock and roll and music. So how do you get your guests?
0: Well, I, I typically, I'm inspired to get a guest most often, if it's an author whose book I just read, uh, if I finish reading a book, I usually feel like, hey, I'd love to talk to the author about the book I just read because I was impressed by it and I have questions about it. And the nice thing about authors is they're usually not a bashful bunch. You mm-hmm. know, they <laughs> put their stuff <laughs> yeah, out there in a right. book and they're usually happy to talk about it. And early on, I think that helped me Build sort of a archive of people I've talked to, and then I was able to use that list of people to reach out to other people, uh, music artists, other content creators, and say, "Hey, look at these conversations I've hosted. I'm not just some random guy with an idea. I, I have some history um, doing interviews, and I hope that lends a level of credibility." Uh, other content ca- creators, like YouTubers and other podcasters yourselves included, I imagine, like coming on other shows. Mm-hmm. I'm like that. So sure. the, the toughest ones to get are typically recording artists because they're used to being in high demand. But if you catch them when they have a new product to promote, like a new album, mm-hmm. they're open to making an appearance. Sure.
2: Yeah, do you ever run into uh, – every once in a while, I feel like we run into somebody who – um A little bit bigger name, you know. We've had some comedian stuff where it feels like, do they expect to get paid for this, or like, (laughs) are they asking to get paid for this, or, or I'm feeling bad because like we're taking up their time, and, you know, for a hundred views a week or whatever, right? You know, so do you ever run into anything like that?
0: Oh, thankfully that hasn't been an issue yet, because. Uh, one, I can't afford it. <laughs> right, <laughs> but I know I never picked up on that because my correspondence is is always through email, and it's in in most cases. I th- I think almost every case, maybe a couple of authors, I went through their agent, but most of the time, I am actually interacting with the artist via email or their social media. Sure, right. So if they expected any money, then it's on them to ask. And you right. know, knock on wood, nobody has yet. All yeah. right, so let's yep. hear
1: who are some of the bigger names that you've had on your show, or are modest size yeah. <laughs> names that you've had on your show.
0: Yeah, this is uh, uh, what's the opposite of a humble brag? I'm bragging about something that you know is not that impressive. Right. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, the, the 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 artists who've come on my show have all been so cool to talk to and and very nice, very generous with their time. the The first artist I got is a guy named Stan Bush who put out an album in 2020. And he's not exactly a household name, but some children of the 80s might recognize him because he was on the Transformers animated movie soundtrack from the 80s. And He did did a song. It's like a hair metal song called The Touch.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, That was a big part of a, a lot of people I know, their childhood. And he also had some... He had like an AOR, hair metal type of vibe. I have a couple of his records. There's some good stuff on there. He did soundtrack work for Jean-Claude Van Damme movies in the late 80s. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, he, he was someone who was very fun to talk to. A lot of
2: synthesizer he uses. In yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, I talked to Jack Hughes, who is the lead singer of Wang Chung. Nice. Everybody you know, like
2: chunk tonight.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're a good band. I mean, like, that song's kind of a punching bag, but, like, Dance Hall Days is a great track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're new wave. If you like 80s, mm-hmm. there's some good stuff in their discography. I talked to John Payne from the band Asia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's yeah. not the original lead singer, he wasn't on Heat of the Moment back in the early 80s. He took over in the 90s. And they had a couple of minor hits in the 90s, but he has his own lineup of Asia now, and he does all those old hits. Oh, nice. And uh, let me see here. The the interview I'm most proud of is a recording artist. Her name is Stephanie Calvert. She sang with Starship and Mickey Thomas from 2006 to 2021. Uh, Hmm. Starship in the 80s originally had Grace Slick. Grace Slick quit at the end of the 80s. And then Mickey put the band back together and brought Stephanie on in the mid-2000s. And he had recently fired her in 2021. So when I talked to her in early 2022, I was, I think, the first person to do a full in-depth interview about her whole career. Not just Starship, but this stuff she did before Starship and the stuff she was planning on doing, well, now. Okay. And we had a really good conversation. She's one of the nicest people I ever met. And we talked about her whole run in the band and, and why she's not in the band anymore.
2: Did Mm. you know that she had been fired? I did. Or was it like awkward? Like, so how's Starship? Like,
0: (laughs) well, that's... uh..." I think (laughs) she was willing to talk to me because one, I I made it clear I didn't want to just bring her on for drama, Mm -hmm. but... She did want to talk about why she's not in the band anymore. So oh, that gave her an opportunity. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that she, was like she, I said, that's the one I'm most proud of. So
1: why'd she get canned?
2: Yeah, did she badmouth those guys?
0: A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, she said it was because and uh this might get a little controversial, but she said it it was at least in part because she was medically, she said with, she consulted with her doctor and she said she was not able to get vaccinated for COVID-19. Okay, And Starship tours Europe a lot, and Europe has much stricter uh, right, regulations. Right. Right. And I think Mickey and the rest of the band didn't have this issue, so I think Mickey was frustrated about that. There was, I'm thinking there's more to the story. She implied there's more to the story that, even she's not privy to, just some oh. bad vibes from Mickey. Mm. And I'll just say this. The woman that replaced her is, like, in her mid-20s, and mm. Mickey is in his mm. 70s. And it's yeah like, gotcha. oh, okay. there's another reason. Yeah, right, right, right. That's
2: that's convenient. Yeah, Starship is one of those groups, though, that, like, there's nobody left from the beginning band, right? I mean, like, it's just evolved, and the name just kind of comes along right. with the people who drag it along. I think it's
1: just like the amplifiers, all that's left, <laughs> you know. Yeah right, yeah, right, right, yeah. maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe a couple of the and guys. A couple that, of tubes have been replaced but it's got the same box. Yeah, what, <laughs> no. what is
0: that um what's that uh, that that conundrum like if you have a ship and you replace all of the wood and all of the material that the ship is built out of. Right. Is it still the same ship? Right. That is starship. Is it the
2: same starship? Right.
1: right. Is it, we don't there know. There was a yeah. uh, a comedian back, uh, Michael Davis, I think was his name. He was a juggler comedian. Again, back 80s, 90s. And he, he had a joke. A juggler comedians. A juggler <laughs> slash comedian. And uh, he had a joke where he was juggling an axe. He says, this is George Washington's original axe. He said, the blade's been replaced four times and the handle six times, but it occupies the same yeah. space. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 This is an axe. Yeah, yeah. right.
1: That's yeah. a good metaphor. Now, we uh, you know in doing research. I was looking at some of your videos on YouTube. He's done a lot of research. Right, a lot of research. lot of research. Hey, I'm research. flattered. Due yeah. diligence. That's good for Google Earth looking at where you live. Right. But <laughs> <right, right.
2: laughs> right. get a lot of land back there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. to leave that back door open as much as yeah, you do. But, but yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I'd get that latch fixed because yeah. I can you just pull on a little bit, you can walk right in the kitchen. I don't – but anyway um, – A lot of your videos got X number of views, and then all of a sudden this one about Bruce Springsteen had, you know, 100 times more than your other ones. So let's talk about this recent video about your attending the Bruce Springsteen concert. Why do you think it was so popular? And then you mentioned about some type of controversy on Facebook about that. So tell us about this video.
0: Yeah, so one of the things I do in my YouTube channel, again, in an attempt to draw potential classic rock listeners, to my podcast is when I go to concerts, usually either the night of or the day after, I record a review of the show. And I try to keep it all positive. I've, I've done one kind of negative review once ever. I, I try to focus on the positives because I love live music and I love these classic rock bands. And Bruce Springsteen has such a huge and dedicated following... That when I posted my review of Springsteen's recent appearance at the Pfizer Forum, a lot of people went on YouTube and just searched Bruce Springsteen Milwaukee, I think mostly because they want to see video from the show. Right. And then they see review of bruce springsteen show who the hell is this and then right. they click on that and they and they see me yapping about it and again I, that's the same thing i thought when I saw, hey. I saw
1: who the hell is this guy who the hell is who does he guy? think he is i i gotta I get him here what's the, with his backyard i gotta bring him here and bring him down a notch <laughs> that's right
0: yeah, that's why we brought you here you no this brings, this brings me up a notch i ask myself that in the mirror every morning <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right so anyway what's
1: uh, so everybody's looking for
0: this live footage and yep. they get your review Yeah, and on YouTube, the people looking for the stuff gave me largely positive comments because one of the things I talk about in the video is the controversy that is kind of surrounding this latest Springsteen tour is the ticket prices. Ticketmaster has unveiled this just evil program of dynamic pricing for certain concert tours that is absolutely skyrocketing ticket prices.
2: Is that the... uh, uh Taylor Swift yes. controversy, okay.
0: Yes, okay. and now Beyonce, and before oh, Bruce, okay. it okay. was Blink One Eighty Two. So I've I've been kind of following this because it's not good news for fans of live music. And the as a Springsteen fan myself, a lot of people in the Springsteen fan community were really disappointed that he went along with it because in the past he's been pretty good about setting <clears throat> reasonable tickets. I mean, they're not cheap tickets, but he's playing yeah. stadiums reasonable ticket prices for his fans and usually people don't make a big deal about it this time around the tickets sold out in a snap and they were going for the the really good stuff up front we're going for thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. i paid 200 dollars to sit up in the nosebleeds yeah that's rough so i acknowledged this and i kind of said what i just said about this dynamic pricing stuff and in the youtube comments there were a lot of fans who were sort of expressing the same sort of frustration. Now, I posted this video on Facebook into, and also into a few Bruce Springsteen Facebook fan groups. And initially, I was getting positive feedback from those fans as well because, again, this is sort of a universal thing feeling that a lot of Springsteen fans are feeling. True. Some of them are such big fans of him that they got a little snippy with me in the sense of like, oh, if a real fan wouldn't complain, you just you know, buy the ticket or don't. And but whatever.
2: it's not anything to do with Springsteen I mean that's the thing
0: right it's Ticketmaster yeah, of course right. he agreed to it but anyway right. yes yeah. he, he agreed to it well, that's but, not great but also
2: okay I'll let you finish the story and I'll come back in and Okay, okay, okay. Yeah.
0: So, um, so but that wasn't really the controversy it's just you know fans are defensive I get it but some people in the fan groups shared my review on their own pages which I appreciate that gets more visibility on my video the problem is, is when it's just someone sharing this video randomly to their friends, and I don't want to pick on the boomer generation, but we can. that's Bruce's fan base. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, how can I say this, haters mm-hmm. <laughs> of Bruce Springsteen in that fan base. Oh. Uh, largely because of Bruce's politics mm-hmm. and I think probably in part due to overexposure because he is so popular. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, haters of Springsteen started seeing my video and thought, oh, I, I'm not doing anything right now. I better comment and tell this guy how much I hate Springsteen, too. So even though I <laughs> didn't send the video to them, they're commenting on it about how Bruce sucks and he's a sellout and also, you know... Just it, it get, then it got political and right wing sure. versus left wing stuff, yeah. and I try to avoid that on my channel, yeah. but yeah, so I've been reading both very positive and very negative comments on my page. Like, I'll just add this haters are gonna hate, haters yeah. are gonna, haters hate. gonna hate,
2: don't hate the player, don't, hate the game. Exactly. That's yeah. what <laughs> I always say, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I was just gonna say, you're not talking about. You're not knocking Springsteen. You're knocking Ticketmaster and the, and the boosting these prices. And in addition, when these pri- when these tickets are sold out, well, nobody's going through Ticketmaster anymore, mm-hmm. right? You're all going through these third party ticket vo- brokers now, and so those guys, of course, want their cut too, and mm-hmm. then everything skyrockets. So there's no way to uh, there's almost no way to prevent that.
1: But let me play devil's advocate based upon what your podcast said, which is. Ticketmaster said, hey, they're going to do it on the secondary markets. They're going to raise the prices, and so we're going to do it before they do it. You know, that was their argument.
0: Yes. Springsteen is absolutely not some innocent babe in the woods here. He signed off on it. That's why fans are frustrated. (laughs) Now, you
2: look here. Don't you be a hater.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He he sort of – he got asked about it, and, you know – he he, kind of gave a wishy-washy <laughs> response, and he said, "You know, if anyone doesn't feel they got their money's worth, we'll give them a refund." And ha 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 ha. And I, I feel like it's kind of hand waving away. But on the other other hand, I also get the sense that he feels that this current tour very well could be the last big production tour that's he's. Taking out on the road, hmm. I mean, they're having all kinds of health problems. As far sure. as uh, COVID has been, right now, delaying like the last four or five shows uh, and, because
1: of band members having COVID.
0: Well, they're not saying, but um, the the rumor is is that Springsteen has it, okay. and hmm. and because in the past band members have missed shows because they had COVID, right? And also, you know, I don't uh, I don't know how much. People know or care about this but it's it's kind of funny that in the band little steven and nils lofgren their wives are arguing and fighting with each other on social media because nils has some pre-existing conditions so they're being very cautious about covid but little steven is you know vaccinated and he feels you know he wants to be social and he's having like you know get togethers or whatever so they're feuding on social media you know Concert dates are getting postponed and delayed, and it's a little bit of a mess. And I just don't know. You know, I love to think that Springsteen will go on forever, but I don't know if he's going to go on forever with the E Street Band.
1: Mm. How how about Mm. one thing again? you, You referenced in your podcast about this. Maybe the ticket buying public is complicit in this. They're buying the tickets. How about people just you know vote with their feet and not show up?
0: Yeah. Uh, this is probably not a popular thing to say, but I actually really resent the people that spend thousands of dollars on tickets mm. because that they 're the people that enable Ticketmaster and Bruce to get away with this kind of stuff you know i, I Another band that isn 't doing dynamic pricing at least that I know of but a band that I love but just don 't even consider going to see whenever they come to town are the Eagles. And the oh, Eagles yeah. are pretty open about like, well, yeah, we're going to get all the money we can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, they're open about that. Uh, yeah. And that's fine, but that's out of my price range, and I kind of also hate that. So I've seen them once years and years ago. That's enough for me. Mm-hmm. I,
2: I remember when they were the – I think they were the first band to go over $100 for a ticket. Right. And it was like huge deal. Like, oh, my God, because I think back then tickets were like – uh, like, highest price ticket was 50, 60 bucks. You know, and these guys are like, 100 bucks. Wow. You know, blew everything out of the water. Oh, my God. Now it's like $100. Like you said, if you paid $100 for your Springsteen tickets, you'd be ecstatic.
0: Yeah, that would be a, that would be a bargain. <laughs> right, right. Total steal, yeah. yeah.
1: So I've never been to a Springsteen show, but you do get your money's worth, right?
0: Yes. Uh, and that's ultimately why I decided to go, is that it was, you know, two hours and 40 minutes. There's, you know, almost every song... That I knew I absolutely loved, and there was a few that I didn't know, but I was into them right away. I went with some friends, so it was like a social night out too. It was just a great experience, and it's been a great experience. I've seen him a couple times in the past, so he he lives up to his reputation. So you just have to you have to know how much you're willing to spend, but you can feel comfortable that if you're okay with spending that amount of money, you're at least getting your money's worth. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yep. I went to the Joan Jet Def Leppard motley Crue poison concert last year
0: very cool at miller park
2: uh, well this one we uh, it was there was one we we went to chicago we went oh to okay field, but gotcha. just because it was me and a bunch of bunch of guys and we were supposed to go hey jim s- thanks s- for s- inviting
1: me by the way yeah well you yeah. were
2: invited you turned, thanks for snubbing us <laughs> I, I don't remember this at all but go ahead with your story <laughs> so it's supposed to be in september of 2020 and uh and Great. then you know COVID and everything and finally it was uh, July of 2022 that we finally saw them. But anyway, that was like 150 So, bucks. hold on. Let's
1: back up. You snubbed me twice then. Twice. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, we had the tickets already. All right. They right, right. so, got yeah, rescheduled yeah. twice. Uh, this,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, they did. It did. This podcast is now in a protest. <laughs> I will continue <laughs> right. and then we'll later continue, we'll, we'll have we'll, to review yeah. and see if it gets released. Go back on the tape. I understand. Yeah. This, yeah, yeah. I might, <laughs> it, this might not be <laughs> Might be really canned. Yeah.
2: Right. Um, but yeah, it did. It got postponed twice. Yeah. They were going to come back 2021. Something. I think was probably more COVID. Something. But yeah. But that was that was like 150 bucks, which which wasn't bad for four shows. And and Joan Jett is fantastic. I mean, I can I couldn't believe she sounds exactly like her albums. And I mean, like really, good. she played first, so it was like still light out, so it was kind of oh. weird. But <laughs> but uh, but she was good. Yeah, yeah everything was good. It was all
0: good. In that lineup, Poison should definitely have have played first. I've seen Joan Jett, too, and mm-hmm. she is awesome. How how did uh, Vince from Motley Crue sound? <laughs> rough yeah motley crew was rough
2: yeah yeah <laughs> motley crew was that was that was a tough yeah because he put on like 300 pounds yeah, or something right big and, yeah dude. it was wearing some big like kimono or something walking around on, on the. yeah it was it was not good but um but the rest of the band sounded good
1: yeah so mm-hmm. what's the, the what's the wheelhouse of your podcast what generations? what decades are we talking about
0: I like to think of it as what I call the classic rock era, but I'm a very big tent approach. So typically the stuff I talk about falls in between um, the early 60s, Beatles invasion, all the way up to whatever classic rockers are doing now. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, if you're taking, again, a big tent approach to classic rock, that era runs from like 1962 to 2000. (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. You know, one uh again get back to how I discovered you, YouTube, one guy I see on YouTube that I bet you've seen is the Professor of Rock. Yes. Yeah, now he does very interesting stuff. He puts together really good 20-minute shows and things like that. Is that uh could you see yourself doing something like that, you know, where you where you, you know, tell stories about songs and things like that?
0: Yeah, I like his show. He's he's got a a good unique spin to it and he must have some really good connections because right. he gets some great guests. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I try to do –
2: Well, he is the professor of even, rock. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know
0: – I'm merely a student <laughs> of the game. I'm not <laughs> – uh, In a, a best-case scenario, that's kind of what my YouTube channel would look like. I would love to, to do that kind of thing. I try to do something – well, my own version, my own way of it. But, yeah, telling those same sort of stories when I do uh, solo podcasts of just me.
1: You mentioned the channel before your current podcast. What was that thing?
0: That was called – so that was more movie-oriented. Okay. I did a lot of movie reviews, and I liked, like, 80s B-movies. Okay. So I called it the B-movie rollout. Okay. And, you know, a couple of couple of videos would get some decent views, but ultimately that it was just a lot of work with – not great payoff.
1: And and off mic, you mentioned maybe a co-host or somebody else. Do you do this all on your own or who's with you in this So
0: project? my my occasional co-host is my good buddy, Chris Beretta. And Chris started appearing with me on shows, uh, podcasts that we do about specifically Bob Dylan. The first episode we did, uh, Chris came on and it was a video um, podcast and we sampled Bob Dylan's Heaven's Door Whiskey. So, oh. which I had never had before. And Chris loves his whiskey. <laughs> and I I I I can I can drink whiskey, but I don't know how to talk about it. So Chris, I asked Chris <laughs> if he wanted to come on because he likes whiskey and he loves Bob Dylan. And also, I had just talked to Steve Panick, who had told me about the Kentucky Chew. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. Which you guys know about. Oh yeah. So I tried to take I tried to do that exact thing on the pod uh With trying this Heaven Store whiskey, and we had a lot of fun just drinking the whiskey and talking about Bob Dylan because I wasn't a big Bob Dylan guy, and Chris is. And we got done with the podcast, and I just thought it went really well, and Chris loved doing it. And I said, "Why don't we do a deeper dive on Dylan?" And over the last two years, over about how, two how, years, sorry,
2: how drunk were you when you came uh, up? <laughs> <laughs> not
0: as drunk as chris but uh, <laughs> that's the story of our friendship um but uh so we thought we would do an extended multi-part series looking at bob dylan's discography one decade at a time so we did dylan in the 60s and 70s and the 80s all the way up until what he's doing now cool. we interviewed a guy who wrote a book about bob dylan and since then we've finished the dylan project and now we're doing Kind of the same thing about Warren Zevon wrote okay. "Werewolves of London." Right. Unfortunately, no whiskey.
2: No. Oh, bourbon?
0: No, no, no <laughs> products. Yeah. yeah, he's passed away, so he, yeah. he's
2: not marketing oh, for much. him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. I, that's where that way. I got gotcha. so you. Yeah. So I mentioned that I, I mean, uh,
0: You can still drink.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah. No, like, boy, no. like, oh yeah, <laughs> we
0: definitely can still drink. No one's. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't do video for those. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah we mentioned that the Springsteen video got a lot of you know, um, buzz around it and yep. downloads and whatnot. What have been some of your bigger downloads, not necessarily in terms of numbers, but just what's some of the podcasts that you did that seemed to, you know, resonate more with people?
0: The only concert review I did that got more views than my Springsteen video was last year I reviewed Roger Waters when he play- played the Pfizer Forum. More politics. Yes, man, and th- the YouTube comments were a little more divided because Roger is so aggressively political. And you kind of got to know that going into the show. Otherwise, you might get blindsided. That one, that one hit pretty well, so I was happy with that. Um, my most popular interview clip was with a woman named Carrie Stevens, who wrote a book. She is most famous for, one, appearing in Playboy magazine. She was Miss June 1997? 98. No, okay (laughs) Okay. sorry i just happened to have that at hand yeah i was about to say (laughs) oh i recognize that magazine yeah Yeah. research
2: yeah
0: (laughs) and uh she wrote a book because uh when before she was ever in playboy she dated eric carr from kiss so kiss fans are really dedicated fan base so she put out a book about her story she was doing a lot of podcast appearances i thought hey this is would make an interesting guest. And sure enough, uh, after we did our interview, I clipped a section of the interview where she talked specifically about kiss as sort of a teaser to bring people into the, the interview as a whole. And yeah, that, that got a lot of views because the kiss fans and the Carrie Stevens playboy fans, uh, (laughs) showed up to see it.
2: (laughs) Right. Right. Nice. Nice. Was she a video?
0: Yes. Yes. She was (laughs) nice enough to appear on video, which I, I definitely appreciate very nice person too. Mm-hmm.
1: Now you talk about this email correspondence you got going with people to get them on the show. Any in the hopper? Anyone you're working on here that uh, that might be interesting?
0: Actually, yeah, we're doing another. Uh, no, no Playboy models, unfortunately, okay. upcoming. Okay. But uh, penthouse. Huh? Yeah, nope. <laughs> no <laughs> hustler. Come no, 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 on, let's let's class it up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, the The next one we have scheduled is going to be with me and Chris, and we're going to talk to a guy named Mark Howard who recently wrote a book. He's more known in the production world. He's produced and worked on albums for people like Bob Dylan, which is what uh, drew us to reach out to him. Uh, Tom Waits, you 2 I believe Neil Young. So we're going to talk about the production end of music, and I think that'll be a fun conversation because I haven't really got to dive into that too much on the show. Um, This weekend... I'm going to Nashville for a convention called Rockin' Pod. And when I'm down there, I am supposed to talk to, uh, this is totally left field, but Hollywood from Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling from okay. the 80s.
1: Okay, okay. I see another focus to his podcast, yeah, right I mean right, exactly. he's all talking pod, he's all talking about rock and roll, yeah. but we're talking groupies, we're talking playboy yeah. miles, we're talking
0: I mean yeah.
2: he said Hollywood, I thought top Gun, yeah, uh, For right away, but no, I guess, okay
0: uh Hollywood and wrestling, and not Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. uh, just uh her name's Hollywood, I think her her real name is uh Jean uh, Bassone. um. I haven't met her, but uh, I've got an interview scheduled with her. I'm going to talk to a guy named Mick Strawn, who's worked in film production. He's worked on some, like, 80s horror movies, like Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Um, So we've got that lined up. And uh, the one I'm really looking forward to is B.B. Buell. That's Liv Tyler's mom. She was uh, married to Steven Tyler, and she's frankly dated a whole bunch of famous rock stars I, I think like rod stewart and john taylor from duran duran mm-hmm. and she's a singer in her own right she's had a couple of albums and she's got a new book out so i'm supposed to talk to her too those will be short interviews but i'm hoping to parlay that into full length proper podcasts
2: nice nice how long do your podcast usually last? 45 minutes i think that's what i saw with bobby brown right
0: yeah that was a kind of a shorter one. Oh, okay I aim for about an hour. Mm-hmm. I've had some go a little shorter. Uh, when Steve Palak came on, we, I talked to him for like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We
2: could talk to him forever, yeah. Well, and, maybe not anymore. Yeah. yeah. I think he's mad at us. Oh, no. <laughs> That's another story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if we end, if I find myself, like with Stephanie Calvert, going on long, but the guest is okay still talking and telling their story. I don't, I don't want to cut it short if I don't have to. I will sometimes cut the interviews in two and do two-parters. Okay, sure. So Makes how sense. how often do you release on average? Oh, about three every two months. So one and a okay. half a month, roughly. Okay. All right. Okay. One way to succeed in podcasting is having regular weekly uploads. It's a myth. It's yeah. A myth. Yeah. We're weekly. <laughs> yeah. We're <laughs> well, weekly. I'm glad to hear that, because <laughs> yes. I cannot do that. I will never be able to do that. So. I guess my pitch is that if you if you come check out my show, I don't have that many episodes because it's not every week, but once mm-hmm. every you know, uh, like I say, three times every two months.
1: So getting back to the original question, kind of rounding it out to the interview here. So why are you doing this? You get you get a charge out of talking to these people. Is it is it um, uh, do you like putting together the show? What what about podcasting really attracts you to do it and to keep doing it?
0: I think the genesis of the idea was I. this allows me to talk about the stuff I'm passionate about without subjecting my friends and my social <laughs> circle uh, to my various fandoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do absolutely love talking to mm-hmm. you know, whoever is happy to come on the show. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes they, that's caused me a little bit of stress because I'm not happy with how I ask various questions. Um, and sometimes... You think you're going to get a guest and it doesn't work. Uh, So the podcast does cause some stress, but by and large, it it allows me to talk about the music I love, share some of the stories I've learned just about just by being a fan and also the rare opportunity to talk to some of the artists I love when they've got a new project out.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Is there anything you don't like about the whole process? We were talking a little bit off off air about the, like problems with Zoom or problems with equipment or whatever. So I'm just curious if there's something that sticks out in your head is like ah that's
0: yeah. A pain. I think the most painful one is when you have a good interview going, but because it's over Zoom, the audio starts right. clipping and right. you just start to lose some of that conversation because you. You're lucky to have them on, at least in my perspective. I'm lucky to have them on, so I can't be like, stop, 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 say that again. I I just can't do it. I have to work with what they give me. I have to edit around it best I can. You know, it it never feels good to, like, send an email and a pitch of of something you think would work and then just not get a response. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's just, you know, the nature of how it goes. Yeah. So
1: it's indefinite, this podcast venture of yours.
0: Yes, yeah. I have no plans to quit. I'm really enjoying it. Unending, unending. Yeah, and you know, y- you guys are totally enabling here. You're, you're giving me, part. <laughs> you're, you're 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 feeding uh, the beast. here. Yeah, we're making you
1: feel like you're something here. Right, exactly. On our show and bringing you on. <laughs> something. What do you keep saying? Something. <laughs> Jim, he he's realized kinda... we're teasing. We're yeah. guys. We're having fun, yeah, right, Joe? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Some business here. Yeah. He's a I guest it. in our in our studio. Yeah, but but part of King being Gloves. a guy is is kind of. Jabbing a little bit, and he respects that. A little bit. Look at I at would him. say so. Yeah. Look at him. He's you respecting not he jabbed us?
0: <laughs> you, I'm oh. not here with my buddy Chris. If you get, if you if you guys met my buddy, buddy Chris, yeah. he, <laughs> he <Yeah>. would. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's, he's the one running you down. I yeah. also have a friend named Chris, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, he gives me the he gives me the business all day long. So I am used to it, and I am molded by. I love it. That's yeah. why I wanted to come on. You guys are hilarious. All Thank right. You.
2: Well, Joe K. Joe K. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Today, okay, in my book.
0: Yeah. Okay. See, so you've heard the bait <laughs> and switch joke before. That's the one I've heard before. Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me on. This is awesome. I yeah. really had a long good time.
2: Thanks again, Joe. Appreciate you coming out here all the way down from uh, five well, miles we away. T- yeah, tell everybody where
0: you're. <laughs> you. Yeah, can find with, that on especially on, with this door wide open. Like, yeah, you can well, find it on well, Google Earth yourself. Yeah. Gas too. prices nowadays, guys. You sure are lucky. But uh, no, that was awesome. All right.
2: Good night, Joe. Good night, Joe.
0: Good night. Join us
2: next time on the Bait and Switch podcast as we continue to expand our cycling coverage with our first ever preview of the Tour of Italy. You've made it to the end of another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.